This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Welcome to another episode of Business by the Numbers. I'm your host, Hunt Emerest, CPA with Parmels and Associates. I just got back from the Transformers Institute conference down in Mexico. I had a great time down there, saw some clients, and also got to meet a couple of clients that was the first time ever meeting in person. Kind of one of the weird parts about my job is I talk to a ton of people. Most of my client work is done through the phone. And so there's clients that I've had for months, years, you know, and and pretty long time that we've never actually met face to face. So one of the biggest reasons why I go for, to these conferences is exactly that. So that was awesome. Also had a handful of people come up and um, weren't clients. Uh, we're just listeners of the podcast. So for those of you that came up and said something on it, uh, really means a lot to me and makes this all worth it from recording this in my basement, talking to my wall. So I was just thinking about how many great shop owners were there. And it made me think, what really makes a great shop owner? And more specifically, as it relates to the profit of their business. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about this week. But before we get into that, I want to have a quick word from our partners who make business by the numbers possible. How do you win over younger customers? You let them see their repair in progress, rusty parts and all. You update them with live chats and invite them to pay with their phones. That's why you need to get shopware.com. As a shop owner, it's important to invest in the right tools to help your business grow. Repair Shop of Tomorrow, an endorsed Napa Auto Care program, is committed to helping the whole shop reach its full potential. Please visit them at repairshopoftomorrow.com. So you might be thinking to yourself, Hunt, why are you talking so much about profit when the title of this episode is How Much Is Your Time Worth? Right? This is not a bait and switch. The reason is, is because profit is relative. Right, Profit is relative to a lot of things, time being one of those. Still don't follow me? I'll give you a great example here. So let's say that you know we're talking about profit. And let's just say that I made $500,000. The first question that you're going to ask is, okay, over what period? Right, Because we know that $500,000 is very relative to time you know, as it relates to the calendar years. If you made $500,000 in the last 50 years that doesn't seem as impressive as making $500,000 in profit last month, right? And generally when we talk about profit or we making comparisons of, you know, businesses and judging business, whether it's someone else or whether it's our own, generally most of these numbers are looked at on an annual basis, right? Maybe that's because of taxes, but generally it's pretty good number to look at on an annual. Some people look on the monthly as well, But since there can be so many swings to income, specifically profit, specifically for the automotive repair industry, usually it's looked at on an annual basis, which kind of takes some of those swings out of the equation. Another thing that you're probably pretty familiar with is the way that we look at um, profit as a percentage of sales, right? Again, $500,000 even a year doesn't really tell the true picture because let's kind of have an example of two different shops. So if a shop says, hey, I'm making $500,000 a year in profit, is that good? I can't really judge that unless I know what they're kind of doing in an overall business as far as sales go. For example, let's say that you had a shop that had $500,000 in profit on a million dollars of sales. That's incredible numbers and honestly numbers that I've never seen something that high. So if someone really had that and could actually prove it to me, my jaw would hit the floor, right? That would be the most profitable as a percentage of sales shop that I've ever seen in my life. 
Now, let's go the complete opposite end of the spectrum, right? Let's use a massive business or a massive conglomerate here that's doing a billion dollars in sales. If that business had $500,000 in profit in that same period, we would really look at that as rounding, right? It would pretty much be like that business is breaking even. Because while for $500,000 for a million dollar a year shop, that is massive numbers, for a business that's doing a billion dollars in sales, $500,000 is like rounding, right? That's like pennies. That's stuff that you find in the couch. So obviously, we need it to be relative to something else to truly judge it. Now, what a lot of people don't understand is, well, yeah, we can do this as it relates to a calendar year, or we can do profit as it relates to your total sales. But what about profit based on how much work you're doing, right? Your physical time, how much is that worth? Right. And so let's say one example of that is, yeah, you made $500,000 a year, but you and your spouse both work in that shop and you guys are killing yourself. You're working 60, 70 hours in a year. Yeah. That's really good profit numbers, right? The profit's not changing. You still made 500 grand, but you work pretty darn hard for it, right? You earn that. Now let's say on the other side of things, let's say that you've created a business that runs autonomously. It runs with virtually zero input from you. You and your spouse live in another state and you don't have anything to do with the business, but you're still making $500,000 a year. That's an incredible business. Your hourly rate in that example is almost infinite because you're making $500,000 and you don't have to do anything. This is kind of, you know, if we're going to kind of shift gears and look at this, this is how you truly turn an active business like a shop to almost a passive investment. Just like an investment of anything else, you don't actually have to do anything. They just send you money. If you invest in Apple, Apple doesn't say, hey, Hunt, come out and sell iPhones so you can earn this. No, they say, all right, you own a percentage of our business and we're going to give you a percentage of our profit. This is the real measure of not only a business, but the business owner themselves. Because I see a lot of shops and even a lot of my shops make similar amounts of money, but the owner involvement on a day-to-day basis is completely different with all of those. And I will never kind of say, hey, that is my ideal business if I look at it and it relies you know, a ton on the owner. Because at that point, and I've talked about this before, you don't have a business, you just have an extremely high-paying job. Extremely high-paying jobs are nothing to laugh at, right? It's what most people strive to do. But you got in this to own your own business, to be your own boss, right? You were trying to get away from being an employee even if you're an employee with the best boss in the world, which would be yourself. This is how you really measure how much your time is worth. And I want to show you how to calculate this for your business. The better you can get this number for your business, the better your life will be. A lot of people you know, might be thinking to this, well, hon, is this really going to make my life better? Right? Money doesn't equal happiness. While that is true, I have to quote the great Kenny Powers on this one and say, money does not buy happiness but no one has ever sat on a jet ski. You know, that's kind of a funny quote, but it has some truth to it. And an even better one is poor people buy things, rich people buy time, right? So think about that one. This is a weird one. Poor people buy things, rich people buy time. What do I mean by that? So again, let's kind of break this down into some examples. So let's say that you're making $15 an hour, right? Minimum wage, most places, I think Some states are even above that now, but not Maryland. You can still pay someone $15 an hour Um, in this market. Doubt you really get a whole lot of people doing it. But anyways, you know, I kind of went down a wormhole there. So let's say you're making $15 an hour and you hate cleaning your house, 
But in order to have someone come out and clean your house, you're going to have to pay them $50 an hour. Yes, while you're you know, taking something that you don't like to do off of your plate doesn't really make a whole lot of sense in that situation because you're paying someone $50 an hour. It would be cheaper for you to just cut your hours or just take hours off your day because you would only be losing $15 an hour, but saving $35 instead of having to pay someone $50. Right. So it's just cheaper for you to go and clean it versus it is to hire someone else. Right. Now, on the other hand of things, let's talk about like what a rich person would do here. Let's say that you're making a thousand dollars an hour. Your time is way too valuable to be doing things that you don't want to. Right. Some people in these situations pay others to do the things that they don't want as their time is just too valuable to waste. Hey, I'm making a thousand dollars an hour. So if I want to have someone go clean my house, I can pay them $50 an hour and I can go make a thousand in that same hour. It's a no brainer to pay someone else to do this because your time is that valuable. This is exactly kind of the emphasis that we're trying to talk about in this episode. So let's talk about how you calculate your hourly rate. Remember, we cannot improve something that we don't understand or measure. So if you want to improve it, you need to see where you stand first. So the general idea is, is we're going to take the total amount that you make in a year, and then we're going to ultimately divide it by the hours that it took you to achieve that number. So in order to do this, first, let's start off with trying to figure out how much you make in a year. First part of this is very easy. How much in salary do you make in a year, right? Look at what you take out on payroll. Don't get too creative here. You know, it's not the taxable amount. Just look at what your total salary is, right? Your gross wages that you're paying yourself. We don't need to worry about deductions, stuff like that, right? We don't measure someone else's hourly rate at their taxable amount, just your gross amount, right? $50,000 a year, $100,000 a year on profit, whatever it is, that's your number here first. So write that number down. Now, if your spouse works in your business, I would argue that we're going to include theirs as well. And it'll be kind of looked at as a combined family hourly rate. If you want to do theirs separately, you can. It just gets a little bit trickier and you know you can do that later. Let's at least try to do this together first. The reason I'm going to argue to do this together is there's less variables in the equation. Plus, you guys should be a team, right? If you're trying to improve it, is it really better if you improve one, but it hurts the other one? No, you need to come together with a plan that's going to improve both of your hourly rates. Okay, so now that we have your annual salary, we need to add on benefits that you get out of the company. These would be things like health insurance, uh, retirement matches, and any expenses that provide a personal benefit to you, gas, food, travel, etc. So we got our salary, we got our benefits that we're getting out of the company. Now that we have the pay and benefits, the final thing is, is we need to add in your net income. It can get a little tricky here because there's some more levels to this, right? There's probably some other things that you could add back. But essentially for this exercise, for simplicity's sake, we're going to take your bottom line net income. Just make sure it does not include depreciation. If that bottom line net income number is including depreciation, just add that depreciation back because that can really skew things. So now that we have how much money you make from your business, we need to figure out how much time it took you to earn this. So pretty simple. Again, all you need to do is figure out how much you work. Now, I imagine most of you do not keep a time clock. So this is going to have to be something that you're going to be estimating. But, you know, if you're just looking for a number here, if you work, let's just say the prototypical full time in a year, that's going to be about 2000 hours. That builds in a couple of weeks of sick time, a couple of weeks of vacation. Yours might be a little bit higher, a little bit lower, but 2000 hours is a pretty good number to use. 
Now, if you want to really start tracking this number, right? And I do this for my business to a certain degree. You need to start clocking in. If you maybe work 1500, maybe work 2000, that's a very, very big swing on there. So if you're going to start really analyzing this number, tracking it and seeing trends on it, I'd argue start clocking in. Obviously, it's not going to affect how much you make, but it's going to be really helpful when kind of measuring this number and would be cool to be able to see that and kind of shoot for constant improvement. All right, this quarter I work 500. Next quarter, I want to work 450. Next quarter, I want to work 400 while still maintaining the same level of profitability, right? Because if you can do that, you're going to maintain your profitability. Your hours are going down. So effectively, your hourly rate is going up. You're making the same amount of money while working less. Isn't that what we're trying to do here um, in the end of the day? Now, like I mentioned above, um, if your spouse works in the business as well, you need to add in their time as well. So like I said, you can do this separately with your spouse, but then you'd also have to split you know, the benefits and then also divide the profit in half or however you want to do that one. So again, does get a little bit complicated here, but the idea will be the same, right? If you're going to do them combined, total in the top, total hours in the bottom, divide it out, you got your number. If you want to do spouses, you would do, all right, this is how much I make out of the business. This is what benefits I get. This is my half the profit divided by my hours. Spouse would be the same exact situation. How much they make on payroll, how much they make in benefits, how much they make in net income. You know, the thing to think about here is even if you think, hey, you know what? Me and my partner have very similar roles, not only in life, but in the business on this. If you really go down and do this, I would be very, very surprised if your actual hourly rate was even close. Um, Most of the time, they are drastically different, and this exercise could highlight some of those. If this is going to cause you marital stress, I am in no way liable for it, but you know what? It could be a good eye-opener and a good place to start to kind of start moving these roles around or even shifting these from one to the other. Hey, you know what? I have some free time and I don't. Why don't we kind of work together as a team to kind of lift both of our numbers here as well? As a shop owner, it's important to invest in the right tools to help your business grow. Repair Shop of Tomorrow, an endorsed Napa Auto Care coaching and marketing program, is committed to helping the whole shop reach its full potential by utilizing their industry-leading learning management system. Repair Shop of Tomorrow have produced over 50 learning modules to provide continuing education for shop owners, service advisors, and technicians. Their learning management system allows all employees to learn exactly what the owner is learning on their own time. Training modules such as Repair Order Workflow, Advisor Huddle, Business Flowchart, and Driving Profitability helps ensure everyone in the shop knows what the right looks like and understand their responsibilities inside the organization. When the team is all operating with the same playbook, the results are remarkable. For more information about their programs, please visit them at repairshopoftomorrow.com. When you started in this business, did you really think that cars would be driving themselves and that people would be buying cars online without test driving them? I don't think any of us did, yet that's exactly what is going on. On the repair side, the auto industry is changing fast. Customers expect quick answers and proof that they need the repairs that you recommend. They want to pay you while buying a coffee, then rate you on Yelp after picking up their keys. So why stay in a past? A shop owner named Carolyn asked herself the same question, so she created an online shop management system that automates the stuff you do over and over again. 
She and her team added texting in every step in the process from booking your appointment to posting that stellar review. They learn from their customers just like you learn from yours. And it's the system that's leading the industry into a bright future. Find out more about this and other things at GetShopware.com. So let's kind of go down through an example of what this looks like just to kind of hammer this home because this is super important for me. Whenever I do these podcasts, I want to get you the idea behind it. I want to get you kind of the why we care about this stuff. And ultimately, I want to give you actionable items that you can actually use in your business because ideas, theories, they're great, but you need to know what to do with them and how you can kind of improve or you know make this better. My example is, let's say that I have a shop. I'm single, no spouse, not married, just me. So I make 50,000 on payroll. Let's say that I have another $50,000 in benefits between health insurance and other stuff that I run down through my business. And then last year I made about $100,000 in profit. So for my example, I have about $200,000. That's how much I'm making in a year from this business between payroll benefits and overall profit of the business. Is that good? Not good? Who knows? Really, we don't, again, have enough information to tell, honestly, right? We could go back to my example before of, okay, Hunt, well, how much in sales are you doing? But like we talked about this episode, we're going to be talking about hours. So let's say that I work 2,000 hours in a year, right? How would I calculate my hourly rate? So remember, my business is making me $200,000 a year between profit, pay, and benefits, So all we would do is take that $200,000 in profit and I would divide that by 2,000 hours, right? I made 200,000. It took me 2,000 hours to do so, which means that I am making $100 an hour. Not too bad, right? There's plenty of things out there that you could pay me to do that, you know, for $100 an hour that I'd be pretty darn happy to do. On the other hand, $100 an hour wouldn't pay me to do certain things, right? So it's not a number where it's so astronomically high that you would do just about anything for it, but a very, very solid place to start. Now that's assuming that I'm single, right? Only me working in the business. Now, what if my wife, you know, I had a shop and my wife Kayla worked with me as well. And let's say that she's full time. And so we still have that that same $200,000 in profit, but I wouldn't be divided up by 2,000 I would be divided that by 4,000 because we need to include both of our hours. Both of us are working in this business full time. If my uh, wife is also working in this business as well, and I do the math on that, then it actually works out that we are only making $50 an hour, right? Now, both of us are working, so together we're making $100 an hour, but each of us is only really making $50 an hour. You know, we're not as happy about that as we were $100 an hour. Right. And that's why you can tell in this example that, you know, profit is very important, but what you do and how you manage your time is really going to change this number a great deal and overall really affect your life. Right. And so let's kind of go with a more positive scenario here. Right. Let's go back to the idea that I'm single. Right. So just me, or maybe I'm married, but my wife has nothing to do with the business. And I only have to work 500 hours a year in my business. Right. About a quarter of the time I work in the business. The other time I'm doing God knows what, right? But I'm not working in there. So in this example, I would still have the same $200,000 in profit, but now I only need to divide it by 500 because it only took me 500 hours to earn that. Now I'm making $400 an hour. That's pretty darn good, right? That's getting into the territory of, man, that is nothing to laugh about. That is some serious money. There is very few things out there that you can make $400 an hour, right? And you can kind of see where this goes. 
you're down to a hundred dollars or a hundred hours a year. Your hourly rate is up exponentially again, right? And if you can go down to the extreme example here, hypothetical of zero hours, then your hourly rate is truly infinite, right? You no longer have an hourly rate whatsoever. You're literally just making money and you have no involvement. Now, if you're self-employed, there is it's never a realistic scenario to go down to zero. No one ever, ever, ever is working zero hours in their business, right? But is it realistically to be only working a couple hours a week, you know, a couple hours a month? Yeah, right? I have a lot of people doing this. And this is really what I measure is my true successful business, right? When I look at a shop and I say, oh my God, that guy's printing money, it really goes two different ways. One time I look at it and I say, wow, they're making a ton of money. And I look and I say, you know, him and his wife are working their butts off, right? They're in there every single day. They're grinding. While I'm still happy that they're making money, you know, they're earning it, right? They're working for it. Now, that's always a better situation, right? It's always better to be working really hard and putting a lot of hours in and still getting paid. But on the other hand of it, if I look at a business and say, hey, this person's making just as much money and I know them, right? I always see them on Facebook. They're always traveling. They're always hanging out with their family. You know, they're doing stuff around the community and they're still making a ton of money. That's really awesome, right? Because again, the profit is still the same, but the hourly rate is exponentially higher, right? Because they've allowed or they've built a business that can operate without their, you know, integral involvement on a day to day basis, right? So not only is their hourly rate skyrocketed, Overall, their freedom and, you know, the choices that they can make have opened a lot of doors here and has made them probably a little bit happier than someone that's grinding out 60 to 80 hours a week in their shop. This number might be shocking to you, and I'm sure there's some people listening right now that will go down this whole exercise and realize that they make less than some of their employees. Not a bad thing. Well, I guess it is a bad thing, but at least you know about it now. Hopefully you still have time to fix it. Hopefully you're not figuring this out and being like, well, you know what? I'm 78 years old and I'm going to hang it up. It's always important to figure out what this number is. If you don't know what this number is, and then it's really hard to kind of truly justify how much your time is worth. And also, like I said before, it's hard to try and prove that if you don't already know it either. Speaking of improving this, how do we improve this number, right? And there's a couple different ways that you can slice this. So the first one is obviously make more money, right? Very simple. If you want to increase your percentage or increase your hourly rate, increase the numerator. Hey, if you're still going to work 2,000 hours a year, your hourly rate's going to be much higher if you're making 500 grand a year versus if you're making 100,000. Now, the opposite argument on this one is that's probably the definition of working harder, not smarter, right? Yeah, you're still working a ton. You're just making more money on it. Not necessarily what I would say the most realistic scenario either, because it is probably a lot easier for most people to cut their time and business in half than it would be to double their profit. Yeah, you can double your profit, but for most people, if your margins are okay, probably means doubling your sales or buying another location and stuff like that, right? Versus being able to minimize uh, your actual time in the business or your actual kind of working time in the business. There's a lot of different ways that you can kind of chop that up. It might be something that you would already be able to do right now if you utilize the people and procedures and things that you have in place in your business already. A lot of times, you know, kind of the natural temperament of a shop owner is, you know, no one can do this better than I can. I need to be involved. It needs to be my way or the highway. 
And you know what? That hubris, you know, that kind of controlling nature is probably also what's tying you into your business as well. So, like I said, you know, making more money, spending less time in our business, obviously are two big ways to improve this. Another thing that we can do here is focus on doing things that are more, that are the most profitable uses of your time. Because as we'll talk about here at the end, you know, on a simplistic nature, I'm just counting the hours that you are at your business to kind of measure your hourly rate, but not all hours were created equal, right? And I'll talk about this a little bit later on. But the idea is, well, if you're doing kind of admin or if you're, you know, cleaning up stuff, is that the same as then if you're like in your business, but you're looking at your numbers, you're setting goals, you're having meetings with your team? No, right? Those hours are not created equal. So I want to have kind of two examples here that illustrate that. Let's say that you are acting as a shuttle driver right now, right? Didn't want to go out and hire that other person, you know, shuttle drivers, even for a retired person, you're going to have to pay 22 bucks an hour. No, I don't want to do that. We don't have to do it that much. You know what? And I've been able to get off the counter, get out of the shop. So me as a business owner, I'll be the shuttle shuttle driver. Now, is that a better use of your time versus hiring a shuttle driver or using that time to work on your business, right? Instead of shuttling clients back, is it smarter to do that or be looking at your financials, be looking at your numbers, be analyzing trends? Be looking at your productivity of your technicians and discussing that with the team. What do you think is going to make you more money in the long run? The shuttle driver is pretty straightforward. At most, I can ever make you is $22 an hour because that's what it would cost you to pay a shuttle driver. However, if you're looking at your numbers, if you're working on your financials, if you're understanding your business and using that to brainstorm how you become more profitable and more efficient, really the potential is exponential there for what it could truly drive your business. Another example here is, let's say that you're helping check out customers. Maybe you have one service advisor, maybe you have four service advisors, but sometimes there's just too much work and you as the business owner have to hop onto the counter and kind of pick up the slack there. Is this a better use of your time versus visiting local businesses to pick up fleet accounts, right? Going out and doing marketing, right? Belly to belly, talking to people, seeing what kind of business that you can pick up. Again, you know, even if we would have to pay a very expensive service advisor here, what are we saying? 50, 60 bucks an hour, you know, for a true top notch service advisor. That's the max that our time can be worth in that situation. However, if I use that time and I go out to local, you know, plumbing companies or whatever, landscaping companies, and I'm trying to pick up fleet accounts, again, the potential there for that hourly rate is infinite. Yeah, if you go out and you don't sell absolutely anything and everyone says no to you, yeah, you made $0 an hour. However, what happens if instead of spending the day on the counter, you went out and you picked up four different fleet accounts? All of them have 60, 70 trucks. Think about how much money that can make for your business, right? So this is the whole idea that I'm trying to kind of work into your brain here is even though you're not actually on payroll, even though someone is not actually paying you, you have an hourly rate. So this is such an important concept, and I feel like it's something that the people figure out a lot of times later in life, right? I feel like when we're young, we value money more than time, and later in life, we value time more than money, right? Talk to any of the older generation, ask them what they care about more. They're always, always going to say time. Maybe you're young right now, and maybe you're listening to this and saying, Hunt, I'm 26 years old. I'm hungry. I just want to grind, and I want to make profit. That's great. I see you. I hear you. But again, a lot of people get stuck in that cycle and don't wake up out of that cycle for 25 years, 
which is probably someone else that's been listening to this of saying the same thing. Hey, you know what? When I first started, I didn't mind busting my butt. And here we are decades later, I'm still busting my butt. Yeah, I'm making more money, but I still don't have a whole lot of time. I do this in my business as well. And for me, this topic was hammered home by my business coach. And he uses a term called profit time index, right? So I got to give Rob Nixon credit. You know, this idea was not something that kind of came to me naturally. I've heard about it, but it didn't really kind of click until he came up with this profit time index and showed it to me. The profit time index is very similar to calculating your hourly rate, but it has one added twist to it, which is, like I said, I alluded to this before. So he doesn't measure, he doesn't really care about how much time you're actually spending physically in your business, right? Hey, you're there 40 hours a week. He cares about what's called in time or on time, right? You might've heard people talk about this. As a business owner, you should be working on your business, not in your business, So for me, you know, in time would be doing taxes, doing accounting work and actually being on the tool, so to speak, right? That's in, that's working in my business. For you, that would be answering phone calls, turning wrenches, shuttling customers, right? That's you working in your business. On time is the exact opposite, right? On time is actually working on my business or super profitable, high level things that are truly valuable for my time. So in my case, on time would be sales, right? Strategizing and high level work with clients. All things that have very, very good ROI. Things for you, which would be on time, which would obviously be, you know, training with your team, right? You know, coaching them up, setting goals with them, analyzing your numbers, setting sales targets, doing sales to fleets or other people around town. All of those things are still time that you're working, but good ways of using your time. You know, an example of profit time index of what Rob does is instead of dividing your profit or, you know, your net profit plus your payroll and stuff like that by the amount of time that you're actually working, you only divide it by the time that you're working in your business, not on. Right. So let's say, for example, I had 40 hours in a week and I made 40 bucks. So if I had 40 hours and it was all in time, right, I was all doing taxes, doing accounting work, my hourly rate is a dollar. Right. Versus if I have process and procedures in place and maybe I was on vacation all week and my team did all that work, then my time, my hourly rate, my profit time index is infinite. Right. I made forty dollars this week and I didn't have to do anything because my team was structured to do so. Right. This is the exact same thing for you. And naturally, the tendency will be to working on your business and not in your business. And at first, it'll seem like you're making less money, right? You know, you might have made that jump when you were still on the tools, right? You were a technician and you're saying, man, if I lose myself on the floor, then I, you know, I'm charging out $135 an hour. That's really going to hurt. But obviously, it's going to also be the key to your long-term success. You're never going to be a true business owner if you're still turning wrenches, if you're still working on cars, if you're still selling work and stuff like that, right? This is why this is so important here. And at the end of the day, time is the most valuable resource that we have, and it needs to be cherished. You know, I'm a sucker for quotes or inspirational stories, as you can probably tell from this episode and others, but sometimes they're just so spot on and they really just kind of hammer the the point home more than I ever could. So I'm going to leave you with this one. And I don't know where I heard this, maybe on an Instagram video or something corny like that. I just thought it was really perfect. And, you know, if there's people out there still thinking that you only care about money, and don't value your time, maybe this will kind of make you open your eyes a little bit. Let's say that I offer you $10 million right now, right? No strings attached. Would you take this? 
Now, don't overthink this. It's not a tax question. It's not a riddle. I'm just giving you $10 million. Would you take this? Of course you would, right? You'd be crazy not to. You're really going to decline and say, no, I don't need $10 million. Yeah, you're going to take this and say, thank you very much or not. I don't care. You still get the $10 million. Now, let's say that I offered that $10 million to you again, right? And you're going to quickly say yes, but I say this time there is a catch, right? Still going to give you the $10 million, but you're not going to wake up tomorrow morning. You're going to die tonight. You still want this deal? No, right? Of course not. Of course, you're going to be like, no, why would I want $10 million if I only have hours to live? I don't want this, right? Because money means nothing if you don't have any time to spend it. So what you just said was that your ability to wake up tomorrow is worth more than $10 million. I don't know what that hourly rate is, but it's pretty damn high. So we all need to be grateful for the time that we have and be paid for this precious resource because you can't buy more of it. Once it's done, it's done and our time has come. I hope this was helpful for you. You know, this is kind of a different one that we normally do, but I thought it was a cool idea. So hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, you know, I think this topic is super relevant to anyone that's self-employed. This is not something that is specific to the automotive industry. Like I said, this is something that I work on in my business. And you probably have friends out there that are struggling with the same thing. So like always, please share with friends. If you have any questions or ideas or for a future podcast, or if you want to be on one, shoot me an email at podcast at I got to give a quick shout out to one of our listeners. Um, I was actually doing some work this weekend, which I shouldn't have been, right? But I just saw that he sent a couple questions for an idea for a future episode. Um, so if you're listening to this, we're going to get that out there. Um, not sure when, but in the next couple of weeks, maybe by the end of the year, if not the first part of next year. But yes, if you send out ideas, if you give me good ideas that we haven't covered before, um, someone else is probably wondering the same thing. So if you send me ideas, I'll most likely do an episode on it. So thanks for listening on the Aftermarket Radio Network. You can find all shows on the aftermarketradionetwork.com and on your favorite podcast listing apps. So thanks again for joining me on Business by the Numbers. Stay safe out there, and I will talk to you all next week. You've been listening to Business by the Numbers with Hunt Demarest on the Aftermarket Radio Network. Follow Hunt on your favorite podcast listening app. Let him know what you'd like him to cover. His email is in the show notes. Hunt is all for advancing the aftermarket.